Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. In this sermon, we are looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 9. And this is bringing our Advent series to a close as we've been thinking about the day of the Lord. And in this sermon, we're looking back to the first coming of Christ, the first day of the Lord, and looking ahead to the second coming and thinking about how that makes a difference in how we live. Are we preparing ourselves for the second day of the Lord? And what does that look like? Just to let you know, this will be the last sermon on the podcast before January. We'll be back in January with another sermon series. We're looking at Genesis uh, in the new year, but this will be the last sermon before then. So thank you so much, everyone, for supporting Understand the Bible by listening to the podcast over these last few weeks. Uh, Don't forget, if you haven't done already, please do give the podcast a rating, maybe even a review, just to help other people find the show. And if you'd like to support Understand the Bible, there's a whole page on the website which explains how you can do that. And you can find out more about that in the link below. The only thing that remains for me to do now is just to wish you a happy Christmas and I hope to see you back here in the new year. Do keep your eyes peeled and I will see you again soon. God bless. So you know over this last few weeks we've been working our way through uh, just a mini-series really through Advent thinking about the day of the Lord and the reason I wanted to look at that particularly was I suppose I was just thinking about all of the, the folks who come into church at Christmas time and thinking, you know, do they really know the significance of what they're coming to? You know, because when God comes to visit us, then it's actually a, a very big deal, if you like, that the day of the Lord in the Bible is the, the day when God comes. And it's a huge thing. And we've seen that. We've, we've seen three Old Testament passages so far which talk about that. So what we're doing today is we're turning to the New Testament and this has got a, again a, a sort of different slant on things and this is really thinking about how we live now in between. So we've had, we've had the day of the Lord when Jesus came the first time. That was the day of the Lord in, in one sense, perhaps the day of the Lord part one. But part two is still yet to come and that's the day when Jesus Christ returns. And what we're thinking about today is, well, how do we live in between those two times? What does that mean for for actually how we live? And so that's what Paul is writing about. And it's only a short passage, but I hope that there's plenty to get our teeth into uh, as we go through. So Paul, he starts out as he, he, almost every letter he starts out, he gives thanks. He says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. So, of course, he's talking about there the way that they've, they've received Jesus Christ. But I, I think you could also say he's, I guess, looking back to, to Jesus' first coming, if you like, to the, the first day of the Lord. If you think about the, the passage that we often um, have at uh, Christmas time, it's John chapter 1. We very often have this passage read on Christmas Eve at the, the Christmas um, carol, uh, candlelight carol service. This is in John 1 verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So that's when grace was given to us. So what Paul is saying here is that you know, grace was given to us in Jesus Christ. And what, what the Corinthians have done is they have received that grace. 
They have received the forgiveness of sins. They have received the mercy of God as they have repented of their sins, turned to Jesus Christ, changed their lives and, and serve and worship the Lord. That's what he means there. That's kind of a, it's a shorthand way of saying, really, with grace, that it's just the gospel message, isn't it? You know, it's, it's the good news that we talk about. It's, it's the gospel of God's grace. That's what, that's what they, have, uh, they have received. And that's what Paul is giving thanks for. So he goes on then. He says um, in verse 5, For uh, in him you have been enriched in every way. So he says, I give thanks because you've received the gospel. Why does he give thanks? Because, he says, you've been enriched in every way. He's saying, Jesus has actually made a difference to you. Jesus has really made a difference. He's, he's enriched you. And I love that word, actually, you know, enriched. You think how Jesus enriches our lives. You know, that's, that's what he does. He, he enriches. He says, you've been enriched in every way. And they can see the Holy Spirit at work with them because, he says, you've, uh, they've been given all kinds of speech and, and all uh, knowledge. So the Holy Spirit is at work in them and giving them these gifts and, and, and things which they're, Paul goes on to talk about. If you remember back in um, the summer or the, you know, the spring and the summer, we spent some time as a church on a Sunday morning looking at 1 Corinthians, looking at the gifts. And... Uh, the speech and the, the, the knowledge is something that Paul goes on to talk about. That was a big thing in the Corinthian church at that time. So that's why Paul mentions it here. He's giving thanks that God is actually at work among them. And he says, verse 7, uh, oh sorry, verse 6, that God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. So they haven't just you know, preached about Christ and then nothing's happened. But the preaching about Christ has been accompanied by a real change in the Corinthians. They have, they have changed their lives. They have received uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. They have, you know, it's made a difference to them. And so Paul says it's confirmed what we said about Christ. It's confirmed that Christ is the truth and that the gospel message is the truth and that you have really received it, all of, all of those things. Is what Paul is saying. And it says, he says then, uh, verse 7, Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. So these gifts, these, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit among them, bringing them to the Lord Jesus, it, it, it keeps them going as they wait for the second day of the Lord, as they wait for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they're kind of on the way and the, the, the Spirit is at work among them as they are waiting for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does that waiting actually look like? Verse 8 he says, He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says he will keep you firm to the end. Now that made me think of what we were um, thinking about with Revelation. If you remember back um, a few months to when we were looking at the Revelation, particularly in the early chapters, like for example, in the letters, Revelation chapter two, verse 26, that's the letter to uh, Thyatira, where John says, or Jesus says to the church, 
to the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end. So that's what being victorious means in, in the letters, just carrying on, keeping on with Jesus, keeping on obeying him, keeping on serving him for our whole lives, you know, till the finishing line. That's, that's what he means. And that's what Paul says in Corinthians, what God will do. He will keep you firm to the end. And I, I like that, you know, it's not saying uh, that we, it's something that we ourselves need to accomplish. Because I think if it depended on our own strength, then it would be something that we couldn't do. It says he will keep you firm to the end. No, it's not our own strength, but we just need to keep looking to him to give us the strength to carry on. That's what we do. We just need to look to him. And that keeping firm is so that, he says, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so this is where the day comes in. It's the day, it's the day of the Lord Jesus, as he's talking about in the future, the return of Christ, so that you will be blameless. Now just, um, uh, some of you may know, I do a group on a Thursday night. Um, I know Yvonne's uh, nodding there, Yvonne, Yvonne comes along. And, uh, but you know, we've been looking through the different sort of aspects of God. And the other week we were looking at God's holiness. And I said that holiness was, if you like, a one word summary of the Christian life. It's a one word summary of the Christian life. And Paul uses the word blameless here, but really they're the same kind of concept. It's about making us as God wants us to be, making us into the people that God wants us to be as whole people, as people who obey him, as people who worship him, but especially, as we, we read in the greatest commandment, as people who love him and who love others. That's what it means to be blameless. It just means to, to love, really, as God made us to. That's the purpose of our lives. And that's why John the Baptist came. You think about John the Baptist who came preparing the way for Jesus. What did he say? Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So that was John's message saying prepare yourself for the Messiah, repent of your sin and turn to Christ and turn to God. That's what John was saying. And this is really how we prepare for the day of the Lord, is by seeking to be blameless, by seeking holiness. That's how we, we prepare for the day of the Lord. And so then uh, he goes on, Paul finishes this, this little section, verse 9. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So what, what, what are our lives like? We, we've been called into fellowship. We've been called into fellowship with the Son of God, into a, a relationship, into a... Um, you know, sometimes people say that you know, Christianity is, is not a, a religion, it's about a relationship. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. But I think a relationship is actually not a strong enough word. You know, we are actually called into union with Christ. I think I was talking about this in, when I was preaching on a Sunday not, not long ago. But the one way that the, 
uh, the most common way that the Bible describes being a Christian is two words, in Christ. I was actually just reading a book about that, uh, a chapter about that yesterday, being in Christ. That's how the Bible describes being a Christian, in Christ. Not in a relationship with him, but actually in Christ. We are united to him by faith, now and forever. So it starts now, but that fellowship with Christ will be, will be eternal. You know, it will go on, it will go on for, for the rest of eternity, what begins now. So let's think about, about this, this passage, and particularly thinking about what it means for us then, as people who are living in between these two, two times, if you like, between the first coming of Christ and between the second coming, as that's where we are. And we're not obviously, you know, in a sense, where are we? Well, we're, we're here, we're at Marks and Clacton. But actually, in, in another sense, we are living in those days in between Christ's first coming and his second coming. That's where we are. We live between the past salvation and between future glory. And I think Christmas is a good opportunity for us to reflect on that and to think, well, are we living life on that journey? Are we living our lives as if we are on that journey, you know, between the first and the second coming? Some of you will know I am, I'm not always a fan of some Christmas carols, um, but particularly I don't like Away in a Manger. Um, I think it's, um, I don't know, it's a little bit twee, isn't it? But also it's, um, has, uh, it talks about no crying he makes. And I think, well, Jesus was a normal baby. He would have cried, you know, otherwise he would have worried. But anyway, that's, that's kind of by the by. But it does have one line in it, which I do like, which it says, um, fit us for heaven to live with thee there at the end. And I think, well, actually, that's quite profound, isn't it? You know, to be fitted for heaven to live with the Lord Jesus. Because what it's saying is, you know, we want to be made ready to, to dwell where we're going to be dwelling eternally. We want to be made ready for that. And that's, that's actually the purpose of our lives now, isn't it? Is to prepare us for that day when we will be living there. And so, now how does that actually, how does that actually happen? How do we, are we prepared, are we fitted to live with Christ in the new creation? I think we have a few, a few um, answers from just from this passage. One of them is in terms of exercising our spiritual gifts. And this is something which um, we did look at more over the summer. So I will refer you back if you wanted to, to think more in 1 Corinthians. But really, this is the chief fruit of the Spirit is love, isn't it? You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. I think I might have missed one out there. But it's, it's love is the fruit of the Spirit. And those other things kind of are just aspects of love. And all of the other spiritual, as we call them, spiritual gifts, are just part of that same thing. And that was part of the Corinthian problem, that they saw all of these other things, but they didn't have the love with them. Uh, but Paul is saying love is the most important one. So are we exercising our spiritual gift of, of love to, to God and to one another? That's what we need to be doing as we prepare, because that will be what the new creation is like. 
And that's the second thing here, that now are we loving God? Are we loving one another? Now, do we have a community of love which is going to be as we will be one day in the new creation? Because that's what it will be like. It will be life as it was always supposed to be. It will be a community where there is no more sin, where there is just love for God and for one another. You know, sometimes I think we have this view of church that church is about either a building or maybe an event. And I think sometimes we, it's a mindset. And I'm not sure that, uh, you know, it, it's quite hard, I think, to, to get out of that mindset sometimes. You know, you think, oh, are you going to church? What you mean is, are you going to this event? Are you going to be there for an hour? You, you know, you sing hymns, you stand up, you sit down, you hear the Bible and so on. That's church. But actually, in the New Testament, church is way more than that. You know, church is the people. You are church. You know, you all here are church. We are church together. And the purpose of our lives is not to come to services, although it's good to come and worship the Lord. That's important. But actually, our chief purpose is to love God and to love one another. That's even more important than coming to services and singing hymns. We are the church. And we are a little foretaste, or we should be a little foretaste, of what the new creation will be like. And this is what Paul is saying, is we, we are ready to be blameless in Christ. It is about making us ready in the way that we are now, in the here and now. And the, the third thing is, are we enjoying fellowship with the Son? As we've said, that uh, fellowship with the Son is something that will go on eternally. Now, are we enjoying time in the Word, reading the Bible? Are we enjoying time in prayer? Uh, and just, um, you know, time with other Christians as well in worship. And I think all of those things are part of what it means to fellowship with the Son and just to, to walk with him day by day in life and bring to him everything which we, we're worried about, everything which we, we want, everything which we're concerned about, you know, we want to do. All of those things, it all comes, comes into being having that fellowship with the Son. So I think, you know, as we come up to the next few weeks, I think this is an important message for, for those, whether we are part of the church and we've been coming to church for years or whether we're, you know, just a, a visitor, which is, you know, do we have that fellowship with Jesus? Now, when you come to church, come to the carol services and see the manger and you know, hear the stories again and hear about the you know, news of great joy and so on. Do we recognise that the one who came is someone that we can and do have fellowship with and that we, that we can come to and who is the, the Lord of all creation and, and all of those things and who is, you know, will come again and that we will be with forever. Now that's the thing, isn't it? Seeing that actually at, at Christmas time, it's not just looking back to the baby that was born, but actually saying we have fellowship with Jesus and that will last forever. You know, are we looking forward to that? So I hope that this is an encouragement to us as Christians to, ca to carry on and to persist and to keep on having fellowship with Jesus, to keep on walking with him and, and seeking that holiness, asking him for that holiness in our lives. But I hope it's a challenge as well to those who do not know the Lord and actually to say you know, that he will come one day 
and that eternal life is fellowship with him and that if you reject him now then you're rejecting eternal life and that's that's obviously that's a big deal so let's take a moment to pray and ask for for god's help as we uh, come up to the next few weeks in living between the times of christ's first coming his second coming heavenly father we thank you that you have given us grace in the lord jesus we thank you that you've called us into fellowship with him and we pray that in our lives now that you would help us to be uh, walking with you day by day to be growing in fellowship to be growing in holiness and to be growing in uh, all that you you want from us lord in our daily lives and we pray for those um, who we know those we love our friends and neighbors families uh, communities we ask lord that many people would come to to know and and to see the for themselves that the lord jesus is lord and um, uh, we are called into fellowship with him and will come to submit their lives to him this coming few weeks and uh, over over the the, um, the next year lord we just ask for many people to see and to hear and obey the good news we ask for these things in jesus name amen